I'm Jeffrey Rosen, President and CEO of the National Constitution Center, and welcome to We the People, a weekly show of constitutional debate. The National Constitution Center is the only institution in America, chartered by Congress, to disseminate information about the U.S. Constitution on a nonpartisan basis. And this is a We the People podcast extra edition. In addition to this week's regular show, which is about sanctuary cities, please check it out. We're bringing you a brief conversation on breaking constitutional news. On Tuesday, President Donald Trump fired FBI Director James Comey, apparently at the recommendation of the Justice Department. In an open letter to Comey, the president said the director was not able to effectively lead the bureau and new leadership is needed to restore public trust and confidence in the agency. There are lots of questions about the situation, but today we'll focus on one. Are we now in a constitutional crisis? And joining We the People to discuss this important question are two of America's leading constitutional commentators. Josh Blackman, our returning champion, is an associate professor of law at the South Texas College of Law in Houston. And I'm thrilled and honored to welcome to the podcast my old friend David Cole, the national legal director of the American Civil Liberties Union. Josh, David, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, let's jump in right away. Josh, uh, the first question is the theoretical one. What is your definition of a constitutional crisis? This is a phrase that's used, I think, far too often. But in my mind, a constitutional crisis involves actors in our republic who refuse to comply with the Constitution. And at a minimum, to have a constitutional crisis, the Constitution has to be violated. So where we find ourselves today is the president acted lawfully in accordance with his power to terminate a principal officer. So I don't see even the semblance of a constitutional crisis. Thank you so much for that. David, what is your definition of a constitutional crisis? So I think there are a variety of definitions, but I think when um, the president of the United States takes action which uh, suggests uh, that he is challenging the notion that we are a nation of laws and not of men, uh, and that seeks to obstruct an investigation into his own uh, actions uh, as president by firing the person who is in charge of that investigation. Uh, That, uh, to me, is a constitutional crisis, because the the, the bottom line uh, supposition of the Constitution is that all of us are subject to the law, and none of us are above the law. Uh, and if the executive uh, who is charged with enforcing the law can fire the person who is investigating uh, his own uh, potential wrongdoing, uh, that uh, uh, really calls into question uh, the, uh, the continuing uh, vitality of that basic principle. Great. Well, now the debate is well and truly joined. Josh, in Politico, you said... Under the Constitution, the president has absolute power to fire principal officers, such as Director Comey, at will. In that sense, Trump's actions were entirely constitutional. And yet David says that actions taken to subvert the enforcement of the rule of law may raise a constitutional crisis. What is your response? I can do no better than quote Justice Scalia's dissent in Morrison v. Olson. This is perhaps one of the greatest dissents ever written and one that Justice Kagan recently praised as getting better every year. And Justice Scalia wrote, is it unthinkable that the president should have the exclusive power, that is, to fire an investigator, even when alleged crimes by him or his close associates are at issue? No, Justice Scalia wrote. No more so than Congress should have the exclusive power of legislation, 
even when what is at issue is its own exemption from burden certain laws. No more so than this court, the Supreme Court, should have the exclusive power to pronounce the final decision on justiciable cases and controversies, even those pertaining to the constitutionality of the statute reducing the salaries of the justices. In our three branches of government, in certain respects, each branch has the power to do something that affects itself. That is what the Constitution provides. The remedy to those is, as Madison wrote, ambition must be made to counteract ambition. If the president does something stupid and politically unpopular, the Senate and the House can investigate. They can impeach him. They can withhold funds. They can do a whole host of things. But in no sense is this a constitutional crisis because everyone is acting within their constitutional authority under the rule of law. David, you said in Politico that uh, when a sitting president uh, is under criminal investigation, which involves collaboration with Russia to undermine the U.S. democratic process, it's a constitutional crisis. Uh, Do you disagree with Josh that Trump had the constitutional authority to fire Comey? And if not, is there something special about the fact that it was an investigation into Russia that makes it a constitutional crisis or, or something else? Yeah, so no, I, I mean, in some sense, Josh and I are, are talking past each other. I don't have any uh, uh, disagreement with the notion that, as a formal matter, the president has the power to um, fire the uh, the FBI director or the attorney general or anyone in the executive branch. That's, uh, you know, that clearly has that power. But I think the issue, and so the issue here is not simply the firing. The issue here is the motive for the firing. The president issued a statement which is on its face so blatantly pretextual that I I find it hard to believe that anybody in the United States believes it, that the president fired uh, Comey because of concerns about how Comey treated Hillary Clinton's uh, email investigation. Really? That's what concerned the president? Uh, this is the same president who, when Comey did in fact disclose that he was uh, reopening the investigation of Clinton's emails, the president said, you know, he was proud of him. He had re- he had re- revived his reputation. Uh, it took guts to do so. Sessions said he was absolutely required to go public with that. Now uh, that Comey, now that they're in office, uh, now that Comey is investigating the ties, the potential ties of the, of the Trump campaign to Russia while it was meddling in our democratic process, they go ahead and order the firing of that same person. I, it, it's, it's so blatantly pretextual uh, that it points to one and only one motive, and that is obstruction of justice. And when the president of the United States is engaged in obstruction of justice, I consider that a constitutional crisis, whether or not, as a formal matter, uh, he has the authority to fire someone under him. Uh, Strongly put, Josh, your response to David's claim that any time the president has the motive of obstructing justice, that is a crisis. And you might want to bring in the Nixon uh, precedent and tell us whether you think that was a constitutional crisis as well. If you notice, David didn't mention the word constitution until the final sentence of his answer. Um, these are grounds for impeachment, perhaps, and if the Senate finds to engage in high crimes and misdemeanors, they can remove them from office. And that is not a constitutional crisis either, because the president is acting to his powers, the Congress finds to engage in a high crime misdemeanor, and they can remove him for it. 
So, I mean, we're discussing not mere formalism, but the Constitution. This is not, you know, talking points for MSNBC. Um, but we can talk about Nixon for a minute. And uh, this, this, this incident has been compared to the Saturday evening massacre, uh, which I think is a misnomer. The better name for that would have been the Saturday evening resignation. So what happened was, in the 1970s, um, Archibald Cox was an independent special prosecutor who was appointed by the Attorney General, Elliot Richardson, to investigate the break-in at the Watergate Hotel. Um, Cox had issued subpoenas to Nixon for his various Oval Office conversations. Nixon refused, citing executive privilege. Um, under the law, in effect at the time, the president could not fire the special prosecutor directly. Rather, the Attorney General could fire, Cla- um, fire Cox, but only for cause, and that required some neglect of duty. In other words, the prosecutor cannot be fired because his investigation would be too close to the cover-up. Um, after ignoring the subpoena on uh, October 20th, 1973, Saturday night, uh, President Nixon ordered the Attorney General Richardson to fire Cox. Um, but Cox, I'm sorry, Richardson said there was no cause to fire him. Richardson refused to comply and resigned. Then the next guy on the line, uh, Deputy Attorney General William Ruckelshaus, assumed the position of acting Attorney General. He, too, refused to fire Cox and instead resigned. Third in line was Robert Bork. Yes, the same Robert Bork who never made it onto the Supreme Court. Bork, who was the Solicitor General, was now the acting Attorney General. He believed that the order was constitutional, and he complied and fired the special prosecutor. Um, This was a dramatic incident and actually gave rise to the independent counsel statute, which gave rise to Ken Starr and his witch hunt against Bill Clinton. Um, and so as late as 1999, both Republicans and Democrats agreed that having an independent prosecutor was a bad idea, that all prosecutors should be under the executive. And that's what's at stake here. Uh, uh, as Justice Scalia said, the independent prosecutor is a wolf that comes as a wolf. And to have this boundless authority has no place in our three branches of government. That is what the rule of law demands. Thanks for that. David, on, on Nixon, do you think it was a crisis uh, until he resigned, or would it only have been a crisis if he refused to turn over the tapes? No, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much it matters, uh, you know, what, what, what the label is. It is a profound problem with our republic uh, when the president of the United States uh, engages in criminal activity uh, for, to further his own political um, uh, you know, sur- survival or victory, and then interferes uh, with uh, legitimate efforts to get to the bottom of the uh, of that problem. That's what that's what brought Nixon down. Uh, that's I think what may well bring Trump down. And uh, in, in, in that sense, I think it's absolutely fair to call it a constitutional crisis. And again, I don't disagree with Josh that as a formal matter. The president has the power to do this, but when the president does it for an impermissible purpose, when the president does it to obstruct justice, uh, and he is the the top law enforcement uh, official in the land, the head of the executive branch, uh, that's a crisis, and it's a constitutional crisis, uh, uh, because it reflects a sense that the president does not abide by this basic principle that I began with, which is that we are a nation of laws, not of men, uh, and that we should let the, uh, no one is above the law, and we should let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, I think it's it's equally troubling, uh, you know, not, not only that, that Trump made this decision, but that Sessions played a role in the decision after promising to recuse himself from the Russia investigation. He then fires 
the man who is in charge of the Russia investigation directly recommends that he be fired um, uh, shortly after uh, um, uh, Comey has put in a request for a significant increase in funds to uh, to carry out the Russia investigation. Clearly, this was getting too hot. And so they went after the only person in Washington who is independent, who is running uh, 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 an investigation of the of the of the Russia ties. So you you have investigations in Congress, but they're controlled, of course, by Republican majority leaders. And we saw in the House what that led to with Devin Nunes uh, essentially collaborating with the White House and then having to resign because he did so. So here we have the only independent official investigating potential criminal activity of the Trump uh, campaign, including Mr. Sessions himself, and Sessions and Trump collude to get rid of that person. To me, that is a crisis, however you define a crisis. Josh, as I hear both of you debating, are you debating mostly about timing? Uh, Perhaps David uh, is saying that when the two branches disagree about how to resolve a fundamental constitutional question, it's a crisis until it's resolved by something like impeachment, and you're saying that no, only if it can't be resolved uh, by uh, peaceful means is it a crisis. Is, 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 uh, is that right? Well, I can do no better than read from Justice Scalia's opinion. He says, quote, a system of separate and coordinate powers necessarily involves an acceptance of exclusive power that can theoretically be abused. Um, that's what happens with our checks and balances by giving the president the power to remove principal officers. Um, even if both houses of government are controlled by Republicans, and this is indeed a political question, we have midterm elections, right? If, if the Republicans are so awful and they, they, they support a person who's breaking the law and the American people decide to throw out of office, then we'll get an impeachment. Um, if the American people decide to keep them in office, then I think we have much greater problems than uh, the firing of James Comey. So at bottom, this is a political question. Um, I, I still haven't seen the, the, the link to the Constitution. This reminds me, Jeff, I was at your center last year talking about Merrick Garland and all these people saying this is a constitutional crisis and the same sort of language. No, it was a political problem, right? The decision not to vote on Garland was a decision within the Senate's power. I think there is this unfortunate tendency of the resistance to characterize every single problem as one of a constitutional nature when it really isn't. The House and the Senate have the full power to investigate this, the Senate will have to confirm Comey's replacement. They'll have hearings, they'll have subpoenas, and there's always impeachment. So let's call this what it is. It's a political problem. Uh, uh, and if Trump screwed up here, he will pay the price of the ballot box. Uh, great. Uh, David, um, what else are concrete constitutional crises in American history? I think both of you agree that the Civil War was won because uh, there was a disagreement about the nature of the ability to secede that was solved by violence. But would you include, for example, the impeachment of Andrew Johnson as a constitutional crisis or the election of 1800, as well as the Nixon president? Uh, what, what else would you well, include? You know, I, don't, I don't think it's a, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's not a, a term of art with a specific uh, uh, definition. You know, I, I think when FDR proposed to pack the court, that was a constitutional crisis. I think when Nixon uh, fired the special prosecutor, that was a constitutional crisis. I think uh, when the South uh, opposed uh, uh, desegregation, uh, that was a constitutional crisis. Um, and I think this is a constitutional crisis. But, you know, again, it's not a, 
I'm not sure what flows from whether you label it a constitutional crisis or not. I mean, Josh seems to think if it's not unconstitutional as a formal matter, it can't be a constitutional crisis. I, I don't I don't buy that. I mean, my, my view is that we live in a system that is governed by a constitution which is designed to ensure that those who govern us are subject to the law. And when the people at the very highest levels take actions that seek to subvert the law, that to me strikes at the core of what our constitution is about. And so, yes, I would absolutely call that a constitutional crisis. But I, you know, you, you can call it a political problem. You can you can suggest, oh, it's just a political problem. But I think, you know, the, the, at, at bottom, this is not something that is, you know, a this is not a, a, a sort of ordinary run of the mill. Uh, uh, thing you don't you, you don't see this happen uh, uh, every day. You virtually never see this happen. Only one other FBI director has been fired by a president, and that was uh, for alleged improprieties. And there was no hint or even suggestion that he was seeking to obstruct justice. That was Clinton's hire, firing of Sessions, uh, of William Sessions. Um, so, so you know, I, my point would be. We are an extraordinary moment in our history when the person who is the president of the United States, there are serious allegations that he, his campaign colluded with the Russians, where there is no doubt that the Russians meddled in our election in order to get Trump elected, when there is no doubt that members of his campaign, high-level members of his campaign, including the former campaign manager, had suspicious ties to Russia, and that that warrants investigation and is under investigation when the president of the United States then takes action to interfere with that investigation, yes, I would call that a constitutional crisis, no matter how you define the term. This has been a superb debate on short notice. We have time for two-minute closing statements each. Uh, Josh, uh, tell us, uh, in, in summary, why you believe that the decision to fire James Comey was not a constitutional crisis. I want to tell you about another crisis that you referenced, the impeachment of Andrew Johnson. Why was Andrew Johnson impeached? Because he fired Abraham Lincoln's Secretary of War. At the time, there was a crisis of actual constitutional nature did the president need the Senate's permission to remove an officer? The Senate said yes. Andrew Johnson said no. He went ahead and tried to fire Abraham Lincoln's secretary of war. In fact, the secretary of war basically tried to lock himself in the room so he wouldn't comply. A little bit different than James Comey finding out on Twitter or CNN. Um, that is a constitutional crisis where an officer is removed and there's debate of whether they have power to do so. And Chief Justice Taft, an opinion decades later called Myers versus United States, said, yes, the president can remove his officers. Here we have exactly that. President Trump removed someone he disagreed with. He didn't like what he was doing. There cannot be a constitutional crisis if the Constitution is not violated. The remedy for the removal of the Secretary of War was impeachment. If Trump screwed up by removing Comey, let them impeach him. If not, Let's move on to the next crisis. I'm sure we'll have a different emergency call next week over the travel ban or God knows what. But, Jeff, David, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much for that. David, last word to you. Why was the decision to fire James Comey a constitutional crisis? So I think I've, you know, I, I, I've set, set out my views on that uh, question. I think the real question going forward is where, where do we go from here? And, you know, you know my, my sense is whatever side of the aisle you're on, there's no doubt that there's a tremendous cloud 
uh, over the presidency at this point, a, cra- a cloud of, of, of illegitimacy. Uh, and it needs to be cleared up. And the only way to clear it up is through an independent, incredible investigation. Uh, and we had an independent investigation, but they've now sought to uh, essentially stymie that. We have investigations in Congress, but they're led by Republican-led committees and have been somewhat anemic in their uh, in their undertaking. So I agree with uh, John McCain. Uh, that what we need is a select committee that is focused solely and exclusively on the Russian meddling and the Trump campaign's ties to that Russian meddling. And now I would add, and Trump's efforts to interfere with the investigation of that problem. Uh, And I would agree with uh, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, who has uh, recommended that we need a special prosecutor who can have the credibility and independence to investigate this fully. At the end of the day, it's possible that the Trump campaign did not collaborate with the Russians, but we need to know that, and we need to know that in a credible way if we're going to clear this cloud of, uh, of illegitimacy from, uh, from this presidency. Thank you so much, David Cole and Josh Blackman, for joining us on short notice for this special breaking news edition of We the People. Please join us next week. Josh, David, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Today's special edition of We the People was engineered by Jason Gregory and produced by the great Nicandro Iannacci. Research was provided by Lana Ulrich and Tom Donnelly. If you like what we did today, a shorter episode on breaking constitutional news, and want to hear more shows like it, let me know. Email me at jrosen at constitutioncenter.org. And as always, continue today's conversation on Facebook and Twitter using at ConstitutionCDR. Sign up to receive Constitution Weekly. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're joining for the first time, it's this phenomenal weekly email roundup of constitutional news and debate, and you can sign up at bit.ly forward slash Constitution Weekly. Please subscribe to We the People and our companion podcast live at America's Town Hall on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And finally, despite our congressional charter, the National Constitution Center is a private nonprofit. Those of you who are hearing this great breaking news episode for the first time need to know that we rely on the generosity of people around the country who are inspired by our nonpartisan mission of constitutional education and debate, which we provide up to the minute every week. So I want you to go to the website, sign up, and become a member of the National Constitution Center to support our work, including this On the News podcast. Visit constitutioncenter.org to learn more. On behalf of the National Constitution Center, I'm Jeffrey Rosen.